Well, as you might expect, with Thanksgiving still going on in the United States and everyone else watching the World Cup, just about, it's been a quiet session overnight. The Riksbank pushed rates up. We had German IFO numbers. The ECB minutes were out. China reached a peak for COVID numbers. But markets haven't moved a great deal on any of that. And on the World Cup, we have a no-spoiler guarantee. So if you're recording Brazil versus Serbia, we won't give it away. It's Friday, Black Friday, the 25th of November, 2022. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. You know, part of the reason we won't give it away is because as we're recording this, it's only just started. Uh, The US dollar is down a little this morning, less than 0.2% down, though, on the DXY. Not much going on, really, in currencies. The euro, for example, he hardly moved. Uh, Actually, the two biggest rises have been the pound and the Aussie dollar, both up almost half a percent. The Aussie at 67.6 US cents. The Kiwi dollar also up about 0.4%. US stock markets were closed for Thanksgiving, the same with the bond markets. But in Europe, equities are up a little. The Eurostox 50 has gained 0.4%. The DAX is is up 0.8%. German 10-year bonds down 8 basis points, uh, down 9 in France. Yesterday, Aussie 10-year yields fell 4 basis points to 3.54% and a few more points down on futures overnight as well. Oil is down. Well, it, you know, it was down. More than half percent off Brent, in fact. It was down below $84 earlier. It's bounced back now, and WTI was down as well, about a quarter percent. It's climbed back since it's slightly in the green. But we are basically, if you look at oil prices, getting back to where we were in January, aren't we? So maybe we start there with David DeGarris. He's with me from NAB in London. I mean, that says something, doesn't it? I mean, in January... We really didn't expect inflation to go where where it has. Then oil drove prices higher. If it really is coming down and staying down now, then surely that's going to help the recovery. It's going to bring prices down generally. Uh, and, you know, maybe that's just room for a bit of optimism out, out of all of that. Well, it's, been, it's one of the big factors, wasn't it? Oil and energy. Um, so, um, you know, it, it, I mean, it hasn't done a lot on the day. Phil, and I know there's the Europeans are trying to cap the price of Russian oil and all of that sort of thing. But, you know, the, the market has been now for a little while talking about uh, the US having, you know, a big slowdown next year, either in trade now, which I think Fed people tend to suspect or believe um, China sort of working their way out of COVID in, in some way and Europe facing its particular difficulties. So, yeah. Even though airline traffic is busy now, it's bound to have a you know quite a demand impact on oil, you know, for the year ahead. But you're right. I mean, um, people are talking about oil well north of a hundred, and here we are with Brent today at eighty five dollars a barrel. Yeah, or below that. Yeah, and the, and the whole thing about COVID as well in China that is interesting because we've had the highest number ever now for China in terms of the number mm. of COVID cases. And you think about it, you know, I mean, even just think about how it was how it was in Australia. You know, zero COVID was a thing, and then it broke out. And then it was sort of like, okay, well, we, we can't contain that anymore. Yes. We're going to have to live with that. And I wonder whether China is going through that now, whether this is actually the, the, the moment that they have to change their policy because it's out there. They clearly can't control it. They're having lockdowns. They're having a lot of mm. lockdowns, but it's not working. I mean, they're shallower lockdowns, but clearly uh, they haven't got the control anymore. So are they, going to, are they going to do what every other nation's done? Are they now at the point of the reality check where they go, okay, we've got to live with this thing. And, and you know, this is the point of turning right now. Well, I think a couple of things. And first thing is, of course, it's super difficult to interpret the letter of the law as far as what the uh, refashioned or optimised, you know, zero COVID policy actually means. But let's look at what they've been doing. They've been building makeshift hospitals very, very quickly. So Guangzhou, I think, has 
capacity now for um, 70,000, 70, Phil, uh, beds for, mm. in temporary um, hospitals. And uh, there's another city that has... Um, as, as, as yeah, they did that the first time around, of course. As they well, did, they? they did, but uh, I mean, they're, yeah. they're preparing for it again. Um, and mm. and while the lockdowns do at this point still seem to be targeted, don't they, towards districts? But I think there's a local lo, local officials have been told that you know this is you to optimise it to you know minimise the economic and social impact, but don't let the epidemic take over. So. You know what are they meant to do right. when push comes to shove? But at the you know at the city level and the provincial level, I mean obviously the um, uh, the the powers that be in Beijing are watching pretty closely. So I think they are moving towards a more flexible policy, but certainly under the microscope right now with with infection numbers really accelerating. Yeah. So if we are looking for optimism, maybe we can look at the German IFO business climate. It climbed a little in November, so some optimism perhaps, unlike the German World Cup chances. But it, <laughs> it's not just the uh, the business climate that's improving. Expectations are also up as well to, to 80, more than expected and up from 75.9. Obviously still well below where it's been. But, uh, but again, I'm wondering whether... Is this perhaps a sign that things have reached their worst and they are starting to plateau, or am I just clutching at straws a bit? Do you think? I'd like. I'd like to. I'd hope that you were right, but I'm not sure whether that's the case yet, mm. Phil. But certainly the the energy situation, obviously, yeah. the uncertainty of what the weather is going to be like over the winter is going to play a big part here, isn't it? But even though you know they've got their gas storages up to. A hundred percent now, so that's a lot better than what they, you know, some worst case scenarios were painting, you know, a, a couple of months back. Um, and of course, the German government announced a substantial fiscal package, yeah. uh, which is incidentally being noticed by some ECB members now. But um, we did see also, didn't we, in the in the German PMI the day before that it wasn't as bad as as feared, and um, the IFO carries the same sort of. Um, story there that it's just stable. maybe maybe it's just you know month to month variation but we wouldn't have been surprised if it was uh, if it was worse so maybe the energy situation is helping out a little bit less fearful yeah yeah yeah. okay and what about so the ecb minutes of course we were out overnight obviously uh, we saw a fairly sharp reaction to the fomc minutes the day before uh, because they Mm. were perhaps a little bit more dovish than anticipated so was there anything in the ecb minutes to hint at where they go next i mean there was wasn't there this this recognition of growing recession fears which you know could give grounds that maybe for the thinking that maybe they will pause to sort of evaluate although would you pause just before Christmas when there's sort of like a natural break coming anyway, I guess? I think um, there's pretty solid agreement that they need to lift their rates towards neutral. Mm. Um, you know, as Philip Lane said today, Phil, um, they don't see you know evidence of a wage price spiral at this stage but the inflation numbers are just incredibly uncomfortable when you've got inflation well over 10 percent even the core inflation rate at five fellas is just too high for them so um there is agreement that they get it to uh, uh you know maybe 50 basis points still looks the more likely at the december meeting which would take their rate to two uh, and then to move modestly into, you know, restrictive territory in, in the first part of next year. So 
Mm. Pause, I think, is a little while off, but there's all there's all you know. We've got they've got the energy energy situation to navigate through. We've got to see how um, see how you know uh, supply chains which are becoming unclogged. Whether that starts to flow through to the consumer level, you mentioned energy before. How all that situation involves so a few hurdles to get over there, and of course um, how the how the economies are performing. But if you just look at the actual raw numbers. I mean, German economy managed to escape a negative number in the third quarter, at least according to the first cut, and we're going to get another cut of that uh, yeah. tonight. So that'll be interesting. So a lot of people expected that to be negative, and it hasn't been. But uh, I think they still suspect that the fourth quarter of this year and the first quarter of next year will probably be uh, be negative for the eurozone. So um, that's, yeah. that's still very much to play out. I think it's 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 a much more much more open book next year but our expectation is they'll probably increase uh, rates by up to 100 basis points next year probably in 25 basis point moves to move it into sort of modestly restrictive uh, levels yeah in the in the minutes one of the interesting things was one of the arguments given for why they went 75 basis points last time was because the markets had already priced it in and they uh, they didn't want to disappoint if they because if they disappointed if they went lower then that would be seen or interpreted as loosening their policy so sort of like a pivot and they didn't want to, didn't want to see that so they basically had to follow the market Indeed, and uh, one or two um, ECB members. I mean, it was I think it was the Dutch central bank head, not uh, talking about the fiscal loosening that's been taking place. And although we could probably understand it from, you know, support for um, you know uh, the high energy prices that Europeans are facing, just as we've had in the UK. Uh, at the end of the day, if there is intervention to, to provide more support. Than what it would otherwise be, of course. In technically, that's that's fiscal support for households. So, just making the job of the the central bank a little bit harder to uh, to restrain inflation. So, no surprise from the Riks Bank pushing up their interest rates by seventy five basis points. That's what was expected. They've also revised their forecast down slightly, and they reckon house prices will fall by almost twenty percent by the end of next year from their peak earlier this year. But you know what? We're seeing this all over the place, aren't yes. they? That is just going to take them back to where they were. I mean, they, they've, they've risen by 23% since 2020. We're seeing this everywhere. It's just a correction, isn't it? And actually, it's amazing that if it is just a correction and we go back to where we were, we are going back to where we were with interest rates higher. I mean, you'd have a reason for thinking perhaps they'd be falling lower. But uh, that might sort of like add to the argument that, well, maybe this is the new normal. Rates are going to be higher. House prices are going to sort of plateau close to where they were, and we're going to have slower growth. Yes. Well, that just sounds like a, a more balanced economy, doesn't it? Yes, rather than uh, an economy that's built on rapid growth in leverage, uh, which is essentially yes. what a lot of economies, what actually transpired during the pandemic, which shows you that people respond to interest rates. And before right? Um, yeah. But but you know while they increased rates by seventy five today, Phil, I mean the uh, the governor there was talking about rates could get you know uh, implied that the next move is likely to be twenty five basis points. So I mean they're still forecasting uh, big inflation numbers. What nine point three percent for next year and only back to three yeah. percent the year after. So but I guess that's the conservative yeah. bias, isn't it? They don't want to forecast much faster rapid reductions in inflation and have to revise them back up again. And some central banks have already been down that road. 
There is an element of guesswork in all of this, isn't there? So look, New Zealand, New Zealand retail sales for Q3, they are out today uh, after the, the last quarter, which saw that 2.3% fall quarter on quarter. Uh, we also get CPI for Tokyo, which was at uh, 3.5% year on year. Will that kick higher? And uh, and German consumer confidence, which is expected to be down a little. I wonder whether it's going to be down even more when they're kicked out of the World Cup. They're, know, they're, a, hair, they're a hair's breadth from, uh, from being kicked out, aren't they, after losing that first they, game? They, yeah, I mean, exactly. They I mean, they've got a... Right. Yeah, and then what are the chances of that? Uh, very unlikely. So here's a fun fact. Now we've got onto the real serious stuff, Dave. Uh, the okay, um, yeah, hit me with a fun fact. If we exclude the Brazil Serbia game, which is which is on as we're mm-hmm. recording this, there's been there's been 15, and we wouldn't tell you about it anyway because no spoilers. But there's been 15 games so far. I think 24 goals have been scored in all of those 15 games. A quarter of all of those were scored by England in that one game against Iran. In fact, if you include Iran's score, then a third of all the goals scored so far in those 15 games came from that one match. So that's... And you, and you add on the Spain game on top of that, and uh, yeah, not, not many goals left after not, that, are there? Not many. But look, I mean, I reckon it stands England in good stead, doesn't it? But look, it has been an exciting tournament already. It's, it's, hasn't, build, it's you know, building yeah. enthusiasm, I think, and building some excitement factor after yeah. a slowish start. But anyway, yeah, yeah. it's a big well, event. Well, we'll see. England, USA, Friday night their time. Australia playing Tunisia on Saturday. Maybe a chance uh, uh, there, but, you know, Tunisia hasn't scored yet. But, they, but you know, they also haven't lost. So Australia needs to win, don't they, to stand a chance of going through, uh, which is, you know, looking a bit on the outside as well. Um, but we'll see. Uh, I'm enjoying it. I'm sure you are too. And uh, we'll, ca- we'll catch you again soon, Dave. Good on you, Phil. Cheers. And that's it. That's the morning call for this week. We are back again on Monday morning. Have a great weekend. We'll see you then. I'm Phil Dobby for now. Thanks for listening.